Oh, baby. Okay. I'm going. What's up, buds? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds podcast, the shorties version. It's going to be real short. <laughs> this is this is the segment of the podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in music coming out today, tomorrow, and yesterday. Uh, Yeah, or at least sounds like it should have come out yesterday. <laughs> okay. All right. We got a little... Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling bitchy today. As always, I am your boy, Brett, uh, Sniper Shot Hanrahan, Papa Chow uh, Yeah. With me. That's what that's what your mama named you. That's what my mama called me. With me, as always, is Lucas, off the mark, old head, uh, Indrakov. Whatever, dude. I, I have my own opinions, and we're going to get into it. We just listened to Still Sucks by Limp Biscuit. That's right. I believe that... When did this come out, Brent? Like a few weeks ago? Um, Like maybe a month ago or so. Okay. So it's fresh. So it's, it's still <laughs> fresh. I'm glad we're diving into it. There were literally like 30 albums that came out this week, and we weren't interested in either of them. Look, and, I don't uh, care about Silk Sonic or Adele... Or right, we would have done Adele purely for the clicks or the views or whatever, and we, uh, I don't know. I guess we have a little integrity, but it's really just like I think we want to spend half an hour. It's not integrity at all because really we just want to spend half an hour listening to something that we can at least laugh at or semi enjoy rather than Adele, which you know I just yeah I've never been into her, but I mean you know look. we picked Still Sucks by Limp Biscuit, and I'm kind of happy that we did. It's Limp Bizkit, y'all. It's yeah. it's not going to be anything you don't expect, you know? No. I mean, but it kind of was at times. Yeah, they had a lot of, uh, they had a good amount of, like, slower songs, kind of more thoughtful songs, uh, with their usual kind of stupid, ignorant, like, we don't care, <laughs> I don't give a fuck songs. Yeah, um, this album is incredibly self-aware. It is, yes, and it doesn't seem to care that it's self-aware either. No, they it's they're really like diving headfirst into um, yes. Oh, my dog has his own opinions. Oh, uh oh. But we're we're just yeah. They they really dove headfirst into like yeah we're Limp Biscuit. Yeah, we know a lot of you hate us and love to hate us and you know etc. And they wrote songs around that on this record yeah. and um, yeah. I mean you, you like uh, fucking what was it uh, Love the Hate like it's literally <laughs> Fred Durst making fun of himself saying that he's you know he's no Eminem and all this stuff and yeah with like another dude who I have yet to figure out who it is yeah another another MC who didn't even want to be credited on this song apparently <laughs> it seems so, yeah uh, that's not a good sign, but yeah, man, they they. I feel like there was plenty of limpy songs on this record. Oh yeah, out of style, dirty rotten biscuit, uh, turn it up, bitch. Like all those songs were very limp biscuity. But then you have other songs that are on the slow side, like uh, goodbye, and uh, don't change, don't change, that empty hole, like. Very unexpectedly quiet acoustic songs. Yeah, right. 
and you know, like not acoustic in the traditional sense, but like very laid back and like minimal. It it seems. Yeah, for sure. Um, that that was really surprising. I whenever the record started, I was a little, was a little concerned about the next half hour of my life because <laughs> I was a little, you know, I was impressed that Borland, West Borland, was able to just fucking channel that 2008 energy without really even trying and writing some legit new metal riffs on the first few songs. Yeah, and I I was kind of talking up this album for the next couple weeks to you. Yeah, did you, so you'd already heard it? I'd heard I'd heard like bits and pieces from my roommate. I I haven't listened to the full album until now. Oh, okay. So, okay, so that was your first time like living the All whole thing. Oh, the way living the biscuit. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, you were living the biscuit. <laughs> well, it was I was impressed with West Borland. Um it, for two for multiple reasons. One, because, yeah, he was able to just channel that fucking big Durst energy from 2006, 2005, or whatever, and write these, what sounds like time capsule riffs out of that era of rock music, you know? Yeah. But because, because of that, it sounded dated. <laughs> I think it's the perfect thing we need right now in 2021 where there's this weird new metal revival thing happening and this is one of the bands that's like hey we were here this is what you kind of should be copying this is what you yeah. should be using the blueprint of listening listening to this record and the 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 first few tracks it made me think it made me realize how long it had been since i really listened to rap metal right like, yeah wow. <laughs> They really got the rap metal sound down. Like, I, you know, like, that. they are the definition of the genre. Yeah, so, really. So, you know, new metal is kind of like a synonymous with rap metal, but but I would say Limp Bizkit has always been, after the first record, were always more rap metal than new metal. And what would you say is, like, the distinction between those two? I don't think new metal necessarily is all, has all rap on it like you when you think of new metal you think static x and cold chamber and you know fear factory and all these bands that that you know don't rap at all in their songs don't have hip-hop influence yeah. at all in their stuff so you know like limp Bizkit always kind of fell under the new metal umbrella because that's kind of a, like rap metal i feel like is a subgenre, and um i mean yeah it's Borland just he fucking brought it and what I like the most on this record is the stuff that was new to me that I've never heard Limp Biscuit do before. Mm, yeah. Because I was worried after the first couple songs that we were just going to get the limpiest fucking record ever <laughs> and they just triple down on their sound and and very self-aware to the point it's almost like a fuck you that we're tripling down on this on this genre. Yeah, but right. but then yeah, man, don't change started, and then you bring out the worst in me, which was had this badass fucking metalcore, more like more metalcore leaning like chorus that was just really loud and really cool riffs. They took a lot more freedom in that song to like for interludes and doing these more musical thirty second parts of the. It's not just verse chorus verse chorus. Yeah, it was a it was a very dynamic song that kind of like built the tension and led up to that kind of like instrumental thing happening 
Yeah, and the instrumental thing was really good. Uh, Limp Bizkit can do that very well. Like on Significant Other, they have those moments of just this, let the music live. Um, and yeah. then Barnacle, Barnacle was a weird ass r- song for Limp Bizkit. You know, yeah, like it didn't sound like Limp Bizkit. No, I mean, Limp Bizkit's been in the game for like 15 or 20 years by now. Oh, if not more. Over 20 years, yeah. It's been almost 25 years since their first record came out. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy that they can channel this energy that they specifically had kind of at their quote-unquote peak, you know? Yeah, Uh, but when you think that this record is almost eight years in the making, (laughs) then you, you realize that they probably had a lot of time to... I mean, think of eight years in the making, and it's 32 minutes long, there's a lot of uh, skits throughout the record. Yeah. There's uh, there's th- at least three like acoustic songs. Yeah. And then one straight up pop song at the end. <laughs> so this was a very eclectic mix of like influences and genres on this record. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a it's very eclectic, but also very like. I don't know. It's very it's very stoic in how it refuses to go past its peak, you know, from when Limp Bizkit was on top, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they took all the stuff that Limp Bizkit did well and kind of magnif- like just made it, you know, exponentially yeah, larger and like I said, like self-aware. I felt like everything about this record, even the slow songs we're extremely self-aware uh, in the sense of like we just took what we do really well and we fucking blew blew it up. Yeah, for sure. So, what would you say but, is like, what would you say is like a, a Narnog off this one? You know, I had a, it kind of bounced around a little bit because there were, you know, after the fourth or fifth song, a lot of things really su- started surprising me on the record, and I started liking. The softer songs, like when me and you were listening through it, like I, they were, yeah, which is which is not something you would expect from Limp Biscuit that you would like the softer songs on a record. But here's the thing: the first song I heard by Limp Biscuit was "Rearranged." Oh, okay. So you that's the sound that you automatically associate with. That. Yeah, so that's the sound that I was like, oh, like this is gonna be a Limp Biscuit, a kind of like thoughtful, methodical, slow. But also like energetic behind the core kind of thing. Yeah, but sub- more subdued for sure. Instead of just trying to go fucking balls out like they did on you know pollution or I mean any of their first record. It it really wasn't a good way to get into Limp Bizkit at all. No, that's very dece- deceitful of them. Uh, I thought for, to have that be your first song. I thought they were a much better band with a lot more uh, really good stuff. But we listened to the first album. And I think it definitely has this place, right? In Oof, in like new metal man. history for sure. Oh yeah, that that first album is gritty as fuck, and that's what kind of led me to my choice. Nugs on this record, uh, I really liked the softer songs, the acoustic songs, um, but man, it's the ones that went even deeper and harder than I've heard them do before that ended up being my choice. Nugs. So my first one was "You Bring Out the Worst in Me." You bring out the worst in me. That is track six. As, yes, that is 
the one that I think I think it's really the one song on this record that they allowed themselves a little more freedom in the in the song writing where they had more just music interludes right yeah they kind of let the uh, musicians in the band kind of express themselves a little more yeah I mean they they lived in those in those interludes you know and I feel like that's where the song really shined for me it just it felt a lot less verse chorus verse chorus and more I think it was one of the better written songs on the record yeah and it has those sudden like outbursts of rage which (sighs) is really cool Dude, added so much to it because it already it starts out kind of weird for Limp Bizkit. It starts out more like a kind of a pop rock song and a really affected vocal stuff going on for on Durs's vocals, but then it's like out of nowhere all of a sudden it just explodes and becomes super aggressive and heavy and a badass riff by Wes Borland and Yeah, right. And then it just immediately, like the the explosion, how quickly it it happens, it it ha- it ends that quickly. And there's a lot that about that that I love. I love songs that just kind of just again leave you wanting more. And this song made me want more of both of those parts. And then I love that the end, which is kind of like this really nice trippy musical part. Yeah, which you would not expect from this band, right? <laughs> not at all. I mean, I it this to me sounded a lot more like uh, those really riffy metalcore parts almost sounded like Soil Work to me. And Soil, Soil Work. Work, yeah, if you never heard them, dude, they're like industrial metalcore almost. I would say they're from Sweden or something. One of the best of that genre in my opinion and they had a very specific unique guitar tone and that's the tone that I heard on you bring out the worst in me mm. and I loved it I thought it was really different for Limp Bizkit and really unexpected and the unexpected ones are the ones that I definitely gravitate towards to on this well I'll tell you uh, one of my Narnooks is probably one of the expected ones <laughs> from mm. this album which is the very first track out of spite or uh, out, of out of style. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was kind of a weird riff, but also super typical, like mid two thousands, new metal riff, super typical West Borland, right? Yes. It, yes, exactly. Yeah. But like, it was weird. Where do you find that kind of riff aside from in like new metal rap metal stuff like this? Yeah, this this song, you know, if this was on a POD record, I wouldn't even I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh but the fact very that rap metal. They could bring this kind of energy into twenty twenty one when Fred Durst is like sixty two or so, whatever. <laughs> God, you're such a fucking Gen X or whatever, Gen Z or Look, I'm a I'm a Zillennial. Alright? Yeah. I yeah, you're 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 outing yourself right now as one. But I I just love the energy on this track. I love the riff. That that wow. Like that yeah, crazy like cool. all over the thing. And then they change kind of like the mood a lot. They they have a lot of dynamics in this song. Just be on the same team. I'm on the motherfucking same team. Yeah, there it's really catchy, the singing parts. 
Um, something that is a through line on this record too is anytime Bo- uh, Fred Durst is singing, they seem to affect his voice a lot, and it sounds pretty <laughs> auto-tuned. I mean, yeah, I think they all know that like Fred can't sing, so they kind of yeah. do whatever they can to to alleviate that. I think he used to be a lot better back in the day, but I think now, yeah, it's getting to a pretty bad point. But there's dude, then there's that weird part that's like this weird synth yeah, rock thing. Right. Interesting, yeah, yeah. It was a good, it was a good start to the record because it showed you that they still have the chops to write a Limp Biscuit song, you yeah. know? Yeah, right. Um, but they did change it up enough. It was there was a there was so many times on this record that I was just confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell in me. a good way though, in a, in a good way because they did things that I didn't expect, so it confused me. Tell me what is one of those second times. Second Narnugs that they confused and kind of delighted you. Man, uh, you know, there was a few times that they confused and delighted me. I think Don't Change was a, a really good cover song. and Yeah, In Excess. In Excess, yeah. We said it sounded like Oasis playing Yeah, it, right, you know? yeah. That was cool. I liked uh, Empty Hole a lot, which was another acoustic, softer song. Under two minutes. I liked Snacky Poo. Snacky Poo was was a nice yeah, uh, like true. throwback significant other era song, very hip hoppy. Yeah. Uh, and goodbye fucking confused the shit out of me, but I ended up liking it just because it was so weird and different that they did it, and it was really catchy because it was written by a, a pop artist, you know, a pop uh, music songwriter. Yeah. But uh, my second choice nug is the other one that went fucking super hard in the paint, and another one that they really threw me off with the sound that they went for and it was pill popper pill popper dude yes super industrial 90s metal vibes in in the verses like almost like ministry or kmfdm or something yeah that was that was my second arnug dude oh man yeah it was it was great dude it's like legitimately good heavy song yeah uh super industrial as you said like it just like very like brooding and stomping through the entire track. I mean, the drums are like bat, 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 just yeah. during that first yeah. verse is just like, oh man, that is that is gonna get me pumped no matter how good or bad the song is. All I need is that drum part. And then the chorus comes in. He's like, "Give me my medicine," and then the the music drops and it goes into like half time of what it was <sighs> in the verse. Such a badass riff. Ugh. I love and him, his man. scream is so good, man. I love Fred Durst's scream <laughs> and his rapping voice. I think I'm just such a sucker for both of them. And uh, yeah, he had a great scream on this song. Give me my medicine. Give me my medicine. Fucking awesome. Oh, man. And the dirtiest like just uh, guitar tone on the record, too. It yeah. was super effective, super heavy. For sure, super like, you know, that kind of new metal, like, why are these notes here and why do they work kind of thing. Yeah, and it was cool that he was, he had a more industrial, you know, really super distorted guitar tone, but was playing this super new metal down, down, ticka down, down, ticka, ticka, down, 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 yeah, right. down, like, uh, you know, almost metalcore, almost, because of the double bass going, and, yeah, man, that's, it was, I bounced around so much between all the other songs, because 
I was like, fuck, I'm liking these heavier ones the most, but like the heaviest that I've heard them go in a long time. So yeah, man, pill popper, pill popper is good. Yeah. It's, it's a weird kind of dynamic between the, the like softest and most thoughtful they've been. And also the stupidest and heaviest they've been in a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, it's like, we know that Fred Durst is not on the top of his game with singing. Probably, yeah. At this point, I mean, probably not. His lyrics have always been pretty cheesy, you know, like decent for the type of band that he's in, but put up against any you know legitimate MC, and he just falls super flat. But his delivery, his attitude, uh, man, he he makes you believe <laughs> that he's fucking good. I mean, I looked up. I just looked up his age. He's fifty-one years old. Yeah. Which yeah, is, he's, it's weird to think about. It's really, uh, really crazy to think about. And just the fact that he can, like, kind of channel this energy in a way that is, like, just cheesy enough. And he sounds exactly like he did on, you know, Chocolate Starfish. Right. Starfish. Like, he doesn't sound 51 years old, or how you would expect a 51-year-old to sound. This dude sounds like he's 30. Yeah, and I know before this album came out, there were a couple of videos that... Uh, got on YouTube of them playing live at like uh, Coachella, I think. Yeah. And he's just like in this weird like brown uh, kind of leather jacket and he's got this white hair and he looks like super like, I don't know. He's just not what he once was. He's like a dad now. And yeah, I mean, they have a song called Dad Vibes. Yeah, they have a song called Dad Vibes, which I think one of the two singles on the album okay and a super weird single uh to be your single but i think it makes a lot more sense in the context of the album yeah for sure i mean again it, they this album is extremely self-aware in a lot of different ways and dad vibes is just another example of that um yeah but i mean Got did we get to in the back fat <laughs> oh we've talked about both of our choice nugs man at this point yeah. Shit. All right. Well, I mean, I am super curious what your rating is of this. I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, there are some songs on here that I am just jamming out to, and it just brings me back. Yeah, you were vibing way harder to this record than I was. <laughs> I was extremely surprised because you did not enjoy their first record as much, so I didn't expect you to like anything by them and then all of a sudden you're you're fucking bobbing and weaving over there while you're listening to this (laughs) yeah i'm doing like some miyagi moves over here karate yeah man um i don't know man this is just like the energy i need in 2021 i guess i i need those weird ignorant new metal vibes (laughs) i love that you call it ignorant (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's stupid Right. It's it's stupid. Yeah, it's very stupid. Uh, but but it's kinda, they know that it's stupid, so it kind of. They know that it's stupid. They're living yeah. in it. It's yeah. it, they've accepted that it's kind of what they are. Uh, and so my vibe going through this album, it's nothing groundbreaking, right? It's it's nothing crazy that's gonna uh, like get the next level of artists. 
uh, on the next step. <laughs> Do you think a bunch of twelve-year-olds are going to discover this, and we're going to get a new, the, another wave of rap metal in the next six years? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they released this sound that was so common in like the '90s and stuff. Yeah. And they've kind of modernized it in the most subtle of ways, so that like kids are going to start interpreting this and using it in their music. Uh, and it's going to bring on a whole new wave of stuff. It's it's stupid. It's Limp Biscuit, But it's Limp Biscuit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I when mean, you're a you Limp Biscuit vibe, you're in a vibe. Dude, we, there's a reason we listen to this over Silk Sonic. Okay? <laughs> like, we knew what we were getting into. So, with uh, that said. With that said, with the hard cuts and the unexpected soft cuts, uh, I'm going to give this one a 6.8. You know, it's not... It's not, not as high as I thought you were going to go. It's not too high up there. I think it's going to be the blueprint for stuff that comes out in the future. I okay. think it's going to be weirdly influential. Interesting. Oh, man. I'm curious if if, um, if we're going to see that influence in the next few years. I really hope so, man. I hope emo rap kind of takes on the new metal attitudes and like swagger. tropes. The swagger. Yeah, tons of swagger uh, coming from Limp Bizkit. All right, man. I mean, 6.8. That is, a honestly, I think a very good score for this album. You are you were a lot less enchanted by this one. So I'm, I'm curious was, to see a, what you think. Yeah, I was a lot less enthused because, I mean, again, there's a reason why we listened to this. I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Uh, but... There was a lot of stuff that just sounded just quintessential Limp Bizkit, for better or for worse. It sounded dated to me at times, but then also sounded refreshing because not because they were doing anything new or like you said or groundbreaking, but because they were doing something that was unexpected from Limp Bizkit. Yeah. So that I have to at least give them credit for. They they definitely tried some new stuff on this. Um Borland is impressive, but dated. <laughs> sure. Uh, the drummer, John Otto, still is great. He did some interesting stuff on this record. Not all of it was um, traditional drums, which I'm sure he had still you know, something to do with uh, the, el- the electric stuff. The bass is still great. Fred Durst still has a great delivery. Yep. Um, mediocre lyrics, <laughs> but huge energy. Uh, big Durst energy for sure and you know there were some songs that I really fucking enjoyed outside, even outside of the context of Limp Bizkit there were some songs that I really enjoyed and those are the ones that were different for them so I hope they kind of continue down that path a little bit where I feel like uh, I almost want the opposite of what you want to happen I want the influence to be more of the softer different stuff that they did rather oh, than bringing man. back the old school rap metal sound so uh, but again, there's legitimately probably like at three songs that I'm going to listen to outside of this record, like and on my own without having to listen to them. That's better than I could have ever expected. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with that and I'm impressed from that alone. So, I mean, but I'm going to have to give it as a really old fan of Limp Bizkit. I was there from the beginning. I bought their first record in 1997 when I was in fifth grade or something I was super into them until Chocolate Starfish and after that I, I fell off from them and I never really came back but their older stuff I still love um, so with that context uh, you know I'm going to give it a five 
A five. Wow. Right in the middle. Yeah, because most of it sounded really dated to me. And then the stuff that was cool and new, um, I liked. And that was probably half the record. I thought was so you're saying was you're saying their style refreshing for them. Your style's kind of fresh, not as fresh as Durst likes to fucking uh, <laughs> say in his lyrics <laughs> or in interviews. Uh, but I think they knew what they were doing, and uh, while none of the sounds were fresh, they were new for Limbiscuit, and I had to I have to give them props for that because they pulled it off. It, all the new stuff for them, they pulled it off. Well, all right, it's a five and a six point eight. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Shorties. Uh, what did you guys think? What did you guys us, think? Are you guys fans of Limp Bizkit? Are you OGs like I am? And, uh, you know, does did that affect your opinion of this record? Or did it help it for you? Do you just have nostalgia? Like, what do you like or not like about this record? I'm super curious. Leave it in the in the comments man are you hoping any part of the limp legacy continues are you like limpacy the limpacy do you like the hard limpacy do you like the soft limpacy do you hope none of it goes through tell us was this album limp enough for you or could it have been limper (laughs) could have been a little more biscuit yeah did you were you missing the biscuit part let us know uh we got evp cast on instagram youtube uh podbean we got John Luke Guitard on Instagram, Brett Hanrahan on Instagram, a hundred T's in there. You're, That's right. You're just gonna have to figure out where they are. Go to my Instagram to find where you can buy this Jackie Chan pink onesie hoodie. I did really appreciate that, by the way. I this is like my favorite hoodie, man. I was just like, I gotta represent my boy. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I'm super happy we we fucking listen to this, man. Dude, I think I wouldn't have on my own. I'm I'm very happy that I forced you to listen to this album. I'm I'm pretty happy. I, I'm five out of ten happy that you made me listen to this. <laughs> uh, well, what would you rate the episode of this, bud? I'm gonna rate this a fucking nine, man. It was so fun to listen to this <laughs> album with you and see your reaction to it. That if the if the music didn't confuse me enough at times, your reaction to it confused me even more. <laughs> it's just an enigma of a vibe. I'd say it's uh, dude you were hard vibing to this uh, I and I and I love to watch it man because I've been a, a you know a biscuit boy since day one and uh, and it almost seems like we tides have turned a little bit and you're a little bigger of a biscuit than I am now I mean I I was not born into the new metal phase I was very much yeah, a you're discovering it. Of it right yeah and yeah. so kind of discovering it in my later age, my elder years. Yeah, you're already, 20, what is it, 26 now? Ugh. Yeah, 26. I'm basically, I got one foot in the grave. Yeah, there's. it's all downhill from here. Uh, <laughs> then I'm, I'm excited for what's going to happen next, man. I hope it has an impact. I'm, I we'll would see. be surprised if it doesn't. <laughs> I think it's going to have an impact on you. I think your punk band is about to become a rap metal band. From what I sound, from what it, the sounds of it, we might yep, see. I see it. I see it. <laughs> uh, Shit, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, until next time, uh, Lucas. Brett, was this this was good? This was this was good. And three, two, one. Uh-